Hello, welcome to Traffic TV's The Final Word. Me and Jack are going to try and pick our way through what was a horrible afternoon at Villa Park. Uh, Aston Villa 4, Everton 0. Um, it, for me, it was always going to be a difficult game, this for Everton. And Jack, it was a bit of a depressing afternoon at Villa Park, wasn't it? Yeah, we know Villa are a good side, that's the thing, and it was always going to be a tough game, but the manner in which we lost, the manner in which we conceded some of these goals, which we're going to have a look at, it, it was amateurish at times, and you know people might think that's a little bit dramatic, because maybe that gets said quite a lot about this team, but if you look at it in depth and you see some of the decisions and errors that are made, you are really left scratching your head and going, what reasoning? Is this? Is it, it's not just being beaten by a better side. It's really letting ourselves down at points and making mistakes that players at this level should not be making. Yeah, no, I totally agree, mate. It's you, you're right. There's a, there can be a lot of sensationalism at times, and and you can have these these comments that come out. But you do you are left perplexed at times at some of the decision making from our players and when you look at the stats I heard Sean Dyche say it after the game you look at the stats you know and there's a lot of them are very similar you know Villa dominated the possession but we know that that's a, that's something that not only Sean Dyche's Everton team did but people like Rafa Benitez weren't interested in possession as such but at some stages in the game it was it was quite even the chances you know think Villa had 13 shots Everton had 9 if it you know, we could have a look in a minute at the stats there, but a lot of them were even. The duels won were very similar. There was those if you look through the stats, you go, Oh, it was it was a tight game, but it wasn't really Villa were far superior. Villa were first to everything, wanted it more. Um and yet we were punished by some awful defending, and that's that's all I can say really. Awful defending. Yeah, definitely. It was specific moments where this game was lost, and that might sound a little bit cliche to mention, but mm. in all of the instances where we've conceded the goal in this game, you can look at stuff and go, what is that? I don't understand now. Mm. Like, what's going on here? That is just such a poor showing from a few players at a time as well. Different players other ones, popped up a few times making mistakes. It was poor and it's not what we've expected from this manager when he's come in. The whole thing around Sean Dyche was he's going to get rid of silly mistakes and, you know, we might be limited going forward, but at least we'll be solid at the back and we'll be organised. And we looked the furthest thing from organised yesterday. We really did. Yeah, again, it's, again, I can't really disagree with that, Jack. It's exactly what we were. And You're right, when, when Sean Dyche was appointed, that's what I thought we'd be. I thought we'd be well organised good structure and then obviously your limitations will come from from your forward players in terms of just because of top class forward players cost a lot of money and Everton don't have a lot of money right now to spend but could we find ways to to correct that and we just have you know right now we're not in a good position we're not in a good place and the football club has got to do something about it and go and bring in reinforcements because we've lost another two forward players yesterday We've lost our most creative player, whether people like Alex Iwobi don't like Alex Iwobi. The facts speak for themselves. He's our most creative player. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he'll certainly, I imagine, be missing against Wolves with a, a fractured cheekbone. Um, he, he can become almost like the Phantom of the Opera and wear those yeah. masks. But, you know, it, it may well be Chef United is return or after the international break. Um, but let's get on to the game. You know, the team... Came out and I know some fans wanted to see Jared Branthwaite's name on that team sheet. It wasn't, but Dominic Calvert-Lewin was was on the team sheet, which was a big boost for everyone. He'd come through game and you're hoping then, right, can we get him the right service? Can we get runners around him? He'll give us that option. And the manager said we started quite well. I mean, we'd give a corner away within 20 seconds, which wasn't a great starter. And I knew that Villa would start quickly and try and put us on the back foot, um, very similar to what Newcastle did to them the week before. And, and we, I suppose we got through the first five or ten minutes. We had a couple of moments ourselves. You know, James Garner done brilliant little nutmeg and switched the play to a Wobie and just couldn't get the cross right. And We did look like we had a little bit of counter-attacking in us. 
have you been surprised that that hasn't been more of an Everton ploy under this manager because we don't have we don't keep the ball we're not a possession based team would you not expect our counter attack and play to be more of a more of a, a weapon if you like yeah, I would, but the other side of that is we don't really have the pace for it. Mm. And at the, we are lacking mm. natural wingers as well, which is an essential yeah. part of that. Obviously, Harrison's come in and he'd, he'd suit that style of football mm. once he's fit. And, you know, hopefully we're going to bring in another winger as well. And then maybe that's something we can look towards. But even last year, we didn't really see it, did we? Mm. I think Sean Dice wants to do something in between what he's known for and a slightly more advanced style of football. But right now doesn't know exactly how he wants to implement that and what we're going to go to in our game to make that happen. Mm. It just seems to be a little bit of everything. Try and win the ball back in midfield, get it back to Pickford. Pickford's got a decent kick on him and we'll try and get it up the pitch. But more often than not, we seem to lose the ball. Yeah, I mean, that to me, that can't, that cannot be a tactic in this this day. And we can't just bang it and hope for the best. There's got to be, I don't mind. Sometimes if you're under pressure playing it back, Jordan Pickford has got, you know, he can be quite accurate with his kick and there's no, I've got no problem going back to front quickly and, and putting them on the back foot. But we do have to come up with another way of playing as well. It can't all be, that's what you're working to. Especially if, what annoys me about this Everton side is we almost try to play it out for the sake of it because it invariably ends going back to Pickford who kicks it back from where we started anyway. If you watch teams like and the way Emily's trying to get Villa to play and they've done it lots of times they are building up and someone in midfield comes and takes it and then they, they catch it for me I'd rather if we're going to do it just go long straight away then well it just feels like we spend a lot of time just treading water with the ball really doesn't it not really doing anything and sort of waiting for an opening to is that because we haven't someone. is that because we haven't got someone who wants it who demands the ball and wants to take it and get us playing it's definitely think? part of it, obviously, mm. because you need those players in the team who want to do it. But the manager has the authority to say, look, you, whoever that may be, I want you to try and make something happen. Take a man on, try mm. and turn with the ball and look for a forward pass. It doesn't matter if you give it away, just try and make it happen. Mm. It, he has the authority to do that and none of them are, so I don't think it's something he's particularly pushing anyway. Well, if that's the case, then let's go back to front quickly then and, and try to do it that way. Uh, we, we did concede... Which was, which was obviously the worry that they, you know, they have got some really bright attacking players. Got Leon Bailey, Musa Diaby, Oli Watkins is brilliant. John McGinn, brilliant going forward. Luca Dean was given the freedom of Villa Park yesterday. We know that when he's on it, he's he can be you know a real excellent attacking addition, can he? And um, and the goal for me again just highlighted. Everton's structure. I've seen this with the Fulham goal last week. Even though we were the dominant team in that Fulham game, we should have won the game probably similar to what we've ended up losing this one. They took us out the game with two quick passes last week and our midfield was gone. was out the game totally. Into Harry Wilson, round the corner and we're caught. And it's all of a sudden they're on. It's very similar actually to, to this goal because of the one ball that got, you know, put us in trouble. Um, and that's what happened yesterday. We've, we've got the, you know, some of the uh, the slides for it, so we'll have a little look at that now. Um, so we, I've got the circle, the Everton's midfield, literally the four midfielders, because Adelaide Decore was playing almost as a split striker. We've got a Wobie, got Onana on his back, Garner chasing the ball, and James Garner has allowed John McGinn to run on him, and it, the ball's played into it. Just look at the space Musa Diaby's got. Villa have got Bailey, Diaby, McGinn, Watkins obviously between the two the two centre backs and I've circled Luca Dean on the bottom of the picture. He was all on his own. If we take it on, uh, the RB advances to the edge of the box. I've circled John McGinn because he's the player who scores the goal. He's got Bailey off to his right. Watkins making a little run. Luca Dean there as well. Um, so the RB's in possession. We take Ever I mean Everton are quite narrow, aren't they? You can see Young, Tarkovsky, Keane, and Patterson really narrow. James Garner's got to be closer to his man. We take it on, it's rolled off to Leon Bailey and Everton again here, we've still got 
players, you know, looking at the runners, which is fine. John McGinn is still ahead of Garner, but look at Luca Dean on the far post. If that would have gone in, say, first time, he'd be on his own anyway. You know, and I kind of just think James Garner's got to be deeper. You take it on again, it's into Bailey. He's now ready to commit. Ashley Young's gone out to it. And we've got John McGinn next to Garner towards the penalty spot. Luca Dean's still on his own at the back. But we've got Michael Keane, Patterson, Tarkovsky, all in, in a line on the six-yard box. Young out there as well. So you're saying, OK, they've only got Watkins at a near post. McGinn is trying to come across. We take it on again. Young's gone to ground on the next one. Let me see it. There he is. Young and Tarkovsky for some reason. And I didn't understand this at the time, why Tarkovsky went to ground instead of facing it up. He can see the whole ball. He can see the play. And he throws himself. Now, McGinn, Michael Keane's marking John McGinn here. Garner's in there as well. There shouldn't be any way on earth John McGinn is on his own to tap it in. If we take it onto the next slide, John McGinn has just got a tap in. Michael Keane now has retreated to behind Jordan Pickford, which is the strangest bit of defending I think I've seen. Garner hasn't got this. James Garner has let him make the run. And all McGinn does, McGinn doesn't do anything clever there. He just makes a run towards the near post, which is what everyone does. If you're marking John McGinn, why have you, if you Michael Keane, Sense the danger is an Aston Villa player. I need to go mark him. And we don't. We allow him to run to that near post. And as you can see there, he's got a tapping. Nothing Jordan Pickford can do. It's close range. And he just swept it in and you're behind. And it's like, you're trying to keep a team that has been thumped on day one quiet. They've got a, a crowd, noisy. Everyone feels good. They got into Europe. Things are going well. All right, last week, they didn't turn up. And hopefully we'll use this next week and bounce back, but you never know. Um, don't give them anything cheap. And we give them a goal. Like you know, From a Villa perspective, they'll say, oh, McGinn done great, got in the box. Bailey committed the man. But that can be cut out quickly. I mean, yeah. am I being harsh? No, you're not. Because you aren't right in saying, you know, the Villa players have done well in that situation. You know, mm -hmm. the RB beat his man, done young and Tarkowski. Mm -hmm. But there's so many individual errors from us in that passage mm. of play. You know, that run John McGinn has made, he's done the exact same thing we want to call it to do in our team. You mm. know, the strikers pushed up, the back fours went with him, there's a man out wide carrying the ball, so that defence is being dragged back. There's no one with John McGinn, he gets a free run into the box and gets mm. to pick up whatever position he wants and wait for the ball to come to him. Keane's with him and then sort of seems to think that John McGinn getting a shot off is guaranteed and he has to go instead and stand on the line and try yeah. and block it rather than standing up to it mm. and staying with him and stopping that shot from happening in the first place. Mm. You know, as a defender, that's sort of your first job. And I get it, you know, there is times when a defender can take up that spot next to the keeper mm. and block the shot, but it's not guaranteed that McGinn was getting that shot off, was it? Keane could have stayed with him there. And took it. And as for Tarkowski, I'm not sure why he's went to ground either. If Young's already went and been beaten as a centre back, an experienced centre back, you need to know that if you go to ground as well, if he gets round you, he's got a clean run then. You almost have to slow it down mm. as well, you know, make the box more congested so there's less room for the ball and stands up to it. It's not a great, you know, Bailey. Bailey does well. It's on his right foot. He's left predominantly left footed. All he's done is just put the ball back. It's not a great... He's not, like, looked up and bent it round everyone to Luca Dean, who's tapped it in at the far point. What he's done is on his wrong foot. He's committed Ashley Young, and he's just put it back into a danger area. If James Tarkovsky watches the play, he's just got a simple volleyed clearance out for a corner. You get reset. He goes to ground, which means two of our defenders are out the game now. The ball clears them. So Michael Keane is next to John McGinn. McGinn's thinking, I've, he, he could hit me here, Keane. You know, I've got, I haven't got a clear run at the goal. So even if he puts a foot out, Keane can get a block in as well. Why you retreat and let someone that sweep it in from? I just don't, I don't understand it. And it was, it wasn't just Michael Keane, but I, once he's got himself one v one with McGinn in that, but I don't understand why he retreats. I've watched it from behind the goal. He's in. He can see McGinn. He's with him, and he just runs backwards. And it's like, where are you going? It can't be what you've... It is, but it shouldn't be what you've just said. I'll go and stand by Jordan Pickford in case he hits it and I can clear it. Because if you go out and face him, he's not going to get a shot in. So I just... it's That's the frustration for me because he, Villa are a good side. You know when you turn up there, you've got your work cut out. Don't make life, life easy for them. They've got good players. Do not make life easy for them. 
and we that we have done we done it with Fulham last week. James Garner not tracking his man. And all of a sudden the lads on the far post with a tap in and we lose the game. It's like, come on, lads. But what we've mentioned there as well as the individual errors that a few players have made. Mm. The other thing is the error in how we're set up mm. in that passage of play. And we weren't necessarily punished by this, but easily could have been, you know, we highlighted Luca Dean on the thing how much space he adds, but mm. that's because of how narrow our back four is. Mm. I think if your back four is that narrow, you almost need players, either your wingers or one of your midfielders, coming into where the full backs would normally be yeah, yeah. and making it almost a temporary back six. Mm. Don't get me wrong, that it's negative, it's safe, but if it has to be that for that time being to get away with not conceding, that's what it has to be. Yeah. If you're going that narrow, you need players filling those wide spaces as well to so the other team can't have that uh, space. And we you know, we highlighted the, the midfield in that, the oval. Everyone's in it. We're narrow all the way on the pitch. But again, I keep saying this. I don't know what our midfield setup is. Why is all our midfield here? And yet Villa have got a man with the ability of Musa Diaby just on his own. One, if you miss our midfield, though, then there's a big pocket of space in front of our defence for someone to carry the ball and they happen to be carrying it with runners either side like you said and a midfield man breaking okay it is good attack and play from Villa because I think it's Douglas Luis who comes inside and just pops it off his own arm and goes in but if Garner is deeper he mops that up it's like why are we like going back to the Fulham goal why are we all going up in a line I think you know for me I would like to see one of our midfield players our defensive midfield player if you want to say that just sat in a triangle with your two centre backs like it always used to be and just mop that area up in front and if you're doing that you can push O'Nana on then if, if he's going to be someone that's trying to break but I also think it's okay out of form you know out of your out of possession going to 4-4-2 but go to 4-5-1 out of possession have the core further back he's just stood holding Dom's hand and you're not doing anything you're not doing anything because they're advancing, and it's like that to me is where we've we've got an issue at the moment. We, I think we probably need to to be more of a four-five-one right now, and we, or we certainly need to have one of our two midfielders sat in front of the the two centre backs. That to me is would would rule out those kind of things. Well, it's about making all eleven of your players useful at all times. Mm. Like you know, the core is in this team predominantly as a forward player. You know, that's what we want from him to get goals or be a nuisance around the box. But mm. when he's not doing that, he has to be a midfielder. Mm. He has to drop into that space. And then if he can fill that hole, that means one of your midfielders or your winger can go and cover the space behind them. It's about mm. being useful all the time mm. obviously you know maybe you want your striker a bit further up the pitch so he can pick up the ball if it goes long or he can challenge for it but Decore can almost be like a suede though forward at times but he has to be a midfielder mm. as well he's got him he's got him uh we you know so what you want Everton to do then is you can see the right keep it nice and tight now let's get through the next 10 minutes and let's feel our way back into the game you know it's one nil anything you know we don't need a set piece whatever um Lo and behold, we go and concede another goal quite quickly, and another goal that should have been prevented. Uh, we'll look at the got the stills of this one again. This is a, a ball that's already coming from the left hand side. It's Everton clear. It's out, and it's going to be put back in. Dominic Alvaloon's trying to get out. They've got a circle here because just looking at the still, Tarki has got two players, so there's an issue immediately. You know, we've got players everywhere else but James Tarkovsky has got two men Michael Keane's got uh, one the ball's going to come in now and as it comes in you can see it in mid air now all, all of a sudden Ollie Watkins has just peeled the wrong side of Michael Keane Tarkovsky is moving towards the ball but doesn't get anywhere near it now for, for Keane he needs to be running towards our goal and not the other and he just stands and watches now I don't know if he'd have been quick enough because it happens quickly to have got back with Watkins but one thing I do know standing still doesn't help anyone the ball comes in it's Leon Bailey again I think as it drops in on the next one and he's about to head it down now look at Watkins Watkins is just on his own I've got a line between Tarkovsky and Keane by the penalty spot and yet Villa's three attackers are the other side of our two centre-backs it's knocked down and obviously Jordan Pickford comes flying out. Keane still standing watching. 
Pickford comes out and concedes a penalty. I mean, I don't know what he was doing. He might have just been better making himself big and trying to get a block on it. Concedes a penalty and it's stroked in for two and you're 2-0 down and it's like, that you know, it's over game over there, because it? we don't score goals. And Villa know that. You know, just after that, Jordan Pickford makes a save, a good save, pushes it onto the post and Diaby, who's free in the box again off a cross. I don't think it's too much to ask our defenders to mark men when it's in the box. It's the most basic thing. If a ball's coming into your box, make sure no one's free. Got to be on your toes to react. And that, never are. that second goal where we give the penalty away, that starts really from Tarkowski having to account for two men. Mm. Obviously, one of them is going to get away from him, and at that point, it splits the all back four. Mm. And then you've got a free man, and then Pickford feels the need to come out. Mm. Obviously, brings him down, and they've got a penalty. So that, to me, just looked like panic in mm. the Everton back line at that point. They looked scared, like the backs are against the wall, the goal down away from home. They don't like it, they're struggling with it. Mm. All of a sudden, they start doing irrational things. And I think that's where it comes to the mentality of the players and maybe them struggling under pressure and going a goal down, like I said, and thinking, oh, well, the game's gone. Mm. You, can't, you can't have that because you're never going to develop. You know, we've seen so many times different managers have had a go at it where we lose one goal, we lose two straight away. And all of a sudden, you're like, it's over. And yet, we're never able to do that against anyone else. We're never able. The only one we really done it against last season was Brighton when we took our chances. But they're few and far between. Where results like this aren't few and far between. Maybe not four nils. But how many games do we lose? One, then it's two nil very quickly. And then you're like, this is over. And then the, the opposition just keep the ball and we run out of ideas and we don't find a way back. And that's the frustration for me. And Buffer, a brilliant pick for save. It would have been 3 0. And we just couldn't clear our heads. And then we did get a little. We obviously lost Dominic Calvert Lewin, who, who'd gone for a, a cross and was hit in the face with the shoulder of Martinez. And his eye comes up straight away. And, and it was brave of him to stay on, really. I thought he was up. The minute he went down, he got up. There was a big lump. I thought, well, he's going to have to take him off because he could have concussion or whatever. And the lads tried to carry on. and Hasn't been able to, he had blurred vision. I know there was reports of some Evertonians booing him when he went off. I, I, I can't for the life of me understand that, I really can't. One of our own players being well, booed. There's the argument they don't know it's the facial injury and how bad it is because they mm. can't see, but still, I think in general, booing your own player for being injured is bad practice, really. He doesn't want to be injured, does he? Oh. And that's not even a repeated issue that's played back up. Like a muscle injury. You still can't boo that though. The lad, oh no, absolutely. The lad himself wants to play for Everton, doesn't he? He wants to, he wants to do his best. It's frustrating, of course. It's frustrating, but he's he's one of our best players when he's fit and on it. He's one of our best players. We couldn't afford Dominic Calvert Lewin right now. When on it, when he's fit, I mean that kind of player. Everton couldn't afford to buy that kind of player. So I understand people are frustrated, but he'll be more frustrated than anyone with it, though, won't he? Some. Absolutely. So we went off and obviously Dan Zuma come on. And I actually thought Dan Zuma was one of the, the, there wasn't many bright spots on the day, but I actually thought he looked quite lively. You could tell he wasn't fully like sharp, but he had a, he had a moment just before half time where we got in and uh, Martinez come out and spread himself well, made a good save. But that was, there was a little bit of positivity there, a good little run. And should he have squared it? I don't know whether anyone was right there when I've looked, but the keepers made a good save. Maybe should have just tried to lift it over Martinez, but that was a it was a brief moment where you thought could be in here for two one or half time. Yeah, and you know it was it was a decent little move, and you know Dan Juma looked lively, and you mm. know he had the awareness to to do the one two mm. and go for it, and obviously we didn't score, but that was probably our highlight of the <laughs> half, and you know it was good to at least see okay at least you know we're attacking, and you know mm. Dan Juma looks lively, he's, he's moving about, he's just got in behind the back four. It, mm. It's a positive sign. It's the only one we can take, but then we didn't really carry that into the second half. No, I think the numbers improved second half, as in possession, uh, duels, passing, and all. All that was slightly better in the second half without being without having any real creativity. He had another run and shot which went wide neil mopai came on and martinez made a good save from him it's just the goal like i said last week the goal to mopai is about this big with an everton kit on isn't it? it just looks like it'll never happen for him but before that 
we'd gone three 0 down with another, and I haven't got the stills of this because it's we'd just be saying the same thing. But it's calamitous. It's a throw in, thrown into our box, and we're that worried about the ball into the box that Michael Keane just lashes a foot at it, and it goes straight to Leon Bailey who runs and just hits a shot with his wrong foot at Jordan Pickford, and it goes through the goalie. It's three 0 and, and it fully is then. Game over totally after like what forty nine minutes or something. It was, it was done and dusted. Yeah, and it was a poor throw from Young, and he puts Keane in an awkward That's position. That's the fourth. Some of the oh, third. Sorry, yeah, Luka Dean's throwing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One ball into the box where we've got cover. Undoes us straight yeah. away. Keane throws a big clumsy yeah. foot. At it can't control it, yeah. and straight away that they're in. You're in, and it's done. It's done, and you're like, well, everything the manager might have just said of, of a possible route back into the game is gone. Out the window, 3 0. They're on party time. They make three changes. They'd all get an Everton's team. You know, and you're like, here we go again. And soon after that, we've got the fourth goal as well. And we'll just look at that because that was, again, I don't know what Ashley did. Probably the last player you'd expect an error like that from. He's the most yeah, experienced in the side. Here we go. So he's thrown it back into that pocket. And we've got Michael Keane and John Duran coming together. Keane. Comes out to the ball. The lad just knocks it through his legs. We take it on. And we've got Tarkovsky trying to sprint back. But look at the lad in. One touch and he's racing through on Jordan Pickford. We take it on one more time. Keane hasn't advanced at all. He just basically walks. Tarkovsky's sprinting but is never yeah, getting nowhere near him. And the lad Pickford comes out. Could make himself a bit bigger. But the lad runs on and just clips it past Jordan Pickford for 4-0. And at that stage, you are fearing five or six because you're thinking, we're, we're just giving, we're giving them goals now. They've not had to. If it's a great little move and someone smashes it in, you just go, it's a good goal. What can we do about it? But the third and the fourth goal, that one in particular was the, the cherry on the top, obviously, for, for us just giving them goals. Yeah, at that point, it just looked like the team were playing on autopilot and weren't really mm. thinking about what they were doing. Yeah. I don't want to say lazy, but it, it wasn't fought through. It wasn't done with the awareness you'd have earlier in the game, mm. a nil-nil when you're still in the game. It was almost as if they'd given up mm. at that point and obviously weren't throwing the towel in, but weren't putting as much awareness and thought and just general alertness that you have on a, in a competitive game into it yeah. and you know it is done at that point but still to throw goals away like that in those sort of situations it's embarrassing yeah and you know you've got 3,000 Evertonians who've paid a lot of money to go down and be in the in the ground and see see that kind of performance like you said Villa are a very good side they don't need helping hands and yet we seem to be hell-bent on Happy giving them that helping them. hand which is berserk and so, so frustrating. The manager brought on Lewis Dobbin, who did all right, you know, did okay. Tried to take a little bit of the fight to, to Villa, didn't he? But we, we just didn't. There was no conviction in anything we were doing. We'd lost our focus in the middle in terms of Dom. And it didn't really happen, you know. And when we got to the edge of the box, we were sloppy. Like Mopai a couple of times, sloppy passes when we had you know, 3v2s behind people. Um, the core guilty of exactly the same thing. Get towards the edge of their box and then it's a ball like at one of the Villa plays. And, you know, we also lost Alex Awobi with a hamstring injury as well. So not only was it a bad defeat, it was also an expensive there defeat. Was because it as exactly, well. you know, Dom, like I said before, probably out for a couple of weeks. Alex Awobi, he looked in pain and he, he doesn't really stay down Awobi. So when he stayed down, you knew it was a bad one. We could lose him for six weeks or something like that. If it's a grade one tear, we obviously haven't had that confirmed right now, but at the time of this, but he could be missing for five or six weeks with that. Um, and we're going to we're gonna have to come up with a way of playing without him because, like I said before, he is our most creative player at the moment. We've already got Dwight McNeil missing, we've got Jack Harrison missing. You know, and, and and this flips back onto the recruitment team and the club of, of going and getting players in this week. We've got a huge game at the weekend. We need attacking options in, don't we? Yeah, and you know, maybe we need to utilise the ones I've got as well. I know maybe Dan Juma isn't fully up to speed, mm. but the James Garner on the wing experiment isn't no. working either. No. 
And obviously, if Dan Juma plays in that position, he plays a different type of role. Mm. But if he fits that role better than James Garner's fitting is, that immediately makes us a bit more... I don't know, just a bit more confident on the ball because mm. he knows what he's doing. At least James Offensive. Garner. Yeah. But James Garner isn't a winger either. No. Well, he tucks in naturally, which means Patterson's exposed. And people will have a go, Patterson, but it's like, well, he's playing 2v1 like he was against Fulham. You know, it's not like... You know, and that's not... James Garner's just not used to that. He, if he does anything, he drops into a right-back position. So we're getting nothing offensively anyway from it. You know, when you look ahead to Wolves and you go, well, there'll be no McNeil, no Awobi, no Harrison. You know, straight away, no Damari Gray. Because, you know, he looks like he may well be off to Al-Shabaab. Well, Everton are trying to sell him to Al-Shabaab. So immediately you go, well, all right, Dan Juma might be fit. So does he start Lewis Dobbin? Or does Garner just play there again because we haven't got anyone else? So instead of adding two attacking options with it, and we'll have no Dominic Calvert Lewin in a game that is now almost a must win. So straight away you're looking and going, well, we need to, you know, if it's Shea Adams, then they need to get him in now. If it's Willie Nonto, then there needs to be a, a, a deadline. If it isn't him, go and get someone else and get them in by Thursday so they can play on Saturday. None of this, are you Deitch fit? They need to be in the side. Because it's a game we have to win. Well, it'd be better to have 60 minutes of a better player, a player who's a better fit, mm. than 90 minutes. Of... Well, maybe you can protect it. If you could get a lead, then you can protect it with someone like James Garner. Yeah, and then you can have, you know, a right midfield aerial tuck inside mm. or cover the right box spot, right back spot when you are under pressure mm. and you do go into less of a formation and more of a role Yeah. at that point. But yeah, I'd just rather have the players in the team at this point, to be honest. Even if they aren't going to do the full 90, we can get a lead and protect it, like you say. It just needs to be done at this point. We need the bodies in the door. Certain things aren't working. James Garner isn't working mm. as a winger. You know, Dan Juma might have to play at strike and help us Calvert Lewin's out, but I'd rather we just took the risk on Chimiti if we don't have a striker through the door and put Dan Juma out We've wide. Got... Tom Cannon on the bench. I'm not saying Tom Cannon's Premier League ready or whatever, but he's just centre forward. You know, but we know that they'll go back to, to Neil Mopai, won't they? Obviously, if, if they don't have Jay Adams in. Uh, but that doesn't work for us because we play a different way. So it is that we're making our own problems because our recruitment is poor. We're, we're too slow at what we do. The, you know, there's uncertainty around the football club still. What's happening with MSP? We were told that'd be done this week. A few weeks ago, well, where is it? There's no update on that. Is is it going to be done this week? It, maybe it will, Everton might announce. It could be announced today, tomorrow, whatever. But we need that certainty. New blood needs to come in. The new chairman, the new CEO. We need to get it in. We need to start moving forward. But the recruitment right now is what we need. And Everton needs to find money. They need to find some money to strengthen it. This window's got 11 days to go. It cannot close with us undercooked again in terms of the squad. We've already given two games away. Now, Aston Villa away, like I said before, they're a good side, so that might have been a defeat anyway, because they're a better team than we are. But Fulham at home, we blew against a very poor side. very winnable we terrible. game, wasn't it? Mate, it should have been what that score was. It should have been with, it, with the team we had out, but if we'd have actually added a little bit extra, we probably would have beat them. And then you'd be sitting there going, all right, we've got three points from six and a home game to come, right, let's kick on. We're not, we're sat here with two defeats the same way as we did started last season. Not scored a single goal. Can see the five, it's, it's embarrassing. So there's got to be a lot of soul-searching in the next 24 hours from everyone at Everton. Go out and get the job done. Don't be getting people to pat you on the back for no reason, which I've seen a lot of this summer. There's no evidence that we're working as hard as we can and we're getting people in. There's none. And for things to change on the pitch, we do need those new bodies in. Mm. For that to happen, maybe Everton need to walk away from certain transfers we've been chasing for weeks. If they're not done yet, are mm. they going to be done mm. in time? And have we wasted the entire window on a player who'd improve us by all means? But there's other players out there who could do the same mm. thing for the same money. Yeah. But then we've ended up with neither because we've settled on one and we've been obsessed with one and mm. then we've not been able to get them. Well, back on to the players who we have got. Um said before about Dan Juma, thought he'd done all right, I thought he looked lively. 
again, a couple of times he got into the box, decision making wasn't very good. It was an encouraging uh, but it performance. Was, he, he tried, didn't he? Let's have a little look at his numbers from the because, like, I did think he done okay. There's his heat map there. He had uh, four shots in the game, one on target, completed 100% of his dribbles, uh, won four out of six of his ground duels, and had a passing accuracy of 94%. Um, He's only going to get better the fitter he gets, isn't he? He can play, like you said before, he can go through the middle, but I actually think he's better in wide areas. That's when he went in wide areas. He looked nice and lively. Um, and he is someone, if he can get a full week's training in this week ahead of the game, he will start at the weekend due to, to injuries and everything. But he is someone we can be a little bit um, positive about because he does look nice and bright and lively, doesn't he? Yeah, especially with the absence of Calvert-Lewin as well for the weekend. Mm. You know, we've only seen a little bit of Dan Juma, but it's encouraging mm. early signs, you know, not to put too much expectancy and pressure on him, but he, he has the makings of a good player from mm. the look of it. it. One of our better players at the weekend, although the bar wasn't very high. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be nice to see him fully settle into this side. Now, you know, he's had his appearances off the mm. bench in the first two games. Let's give him the reins now, especially while Calvert-Lewin's out and mm. a lot of other wingers are out. Let, let's give him his chance now and say, OK, you've done all right at the weekend. You're one of our only options. Go in, give him the chance, whether that's through the middle or out wide or mm. wherever it is. I think he has to be in the team for multiple reasons now. Yeah, got to. He's got to. This is, a, you know, again, without going too needy here. Wolves at home, it's, it's a big, it's an opportunity for three points. It'll be a tough game. I watched them on Saturday against Brighton. They were all over the place. Like, but that was Brighton. Do you know what I mean? Brighton scored four. They could have scored nine. Wolves could have got a couple themselves. So there's, but you've got to have runners. You've got to have people who are positive, waiting for a, the odd opportunity. We'll be encouraging Wolves onto us. Um, and and Everton have got to work on that. It's gonna be a, it's an opportunity. If we if we come out of Saturday with no wins, then you do start worrying because we've had two home games against teams you would you'd expect to win. You've got to. You've got to be expecting to win these home games. And we can't go down the route again of throwing away these winnable games at the start of a season because we're just giving ourselves more to do later. Mm. Uh, further along in the season and just making the whole ordeal more stressful and mm. giving ourselves must-win games against better teams, yeah, yeah. which is completely unideal. Mm. So you know, let's get three points on the board now. Let's actually score a goal and let's <laughs> figure, help. let's figure out what's going on at the back as well mm. and get a bit more organisation in that team. Absolutely, and you're right, Jack. I mean, we haven't. You know, this isn't being disrespectful to Wolves. They haven't settled yet either. So while they're unsettled. Let's go and beat them. You know, mm. they've lost their opening two games the same as us. They've conceded five goals in the two games. They're ahead of us by virtue of scoring a goal on Saturday. That's it. So, you know, we've got to take the bull by the horns this weekend and we'll take the wolf <laughs> by the horn you know, it's got horns by the paws, I don't know what you'd say. And um, and try to just get past them to get that, that win out the way and build from there. Um they'll improve, I'm sure, Wolves. Hopefully we'll improve. Um, but let's get that victory. Uh, one other player I thought did keep going. I didn't think he, he, he had a great game in terms of his position, but I think it's more to do with what where the managers played him. But he did keep going for me and he did want the ball all the time. And that was James Garner. Um, let's have a look at his numbers from the weekend. Uh, there's his heat map. Key passes one, completed 100% of his dribbles, 33% uh, crossing accuracy, won five of his seven duels. And had an eighty-six percent passing accuracy um, throughout the game, and he's done all right. He's done all right. Again, I, I don't. He's not a right winger. He, if you look at, I was going to put the the positions up, player position, average player positions. Again, he's holding Nathan Patterson's hand almost in a right back position. We can't. There's no point to that because it leaves us lopsided totally. He's not doing one or the other. Do you know what I mean? He needs to be higher up. For me, he's a he's going to be a centre midfield player. And so, therefore, if Abdelaide Corre isn't on his game, take him off the team. Or Amadou Onana, if he's not performing, get him off the team. Get Garner in there if it's Adrissa not performing. Although, I think we've missed Adrissa more than the other two, to be honest with you, doing a midfield job. Then give James Garner his time in there. But we need as many attacking players as possible in this team. 
But we've also got to make sure we've got people who want the ball. And the one thing I will say about James Garner, he doesn't go hiding. He always wants the ball. Onana has got all the tools and yet disappears in games. Did it again at the weekend. And I actually tipped him to be like one of our players. I thought he'd grab it this year because he's got the experience now. He's Like I said, he's got everything. He's built six foot five. He's huge, big shoulders. You're like, go and dominate this game. After I decore, he's been way off it in the opening two games. Way off it. Adrissa has had better games than what he had yesterday. But I think James Garner in that midfield might give us something different. He might have to be patient if the manager doesn't think he can do it. And they will go and sit him on the bench then. Because we need an attacking option on that right-hand side. But I thought, for what it's worth, he did keep going yesterday and he did want the ball. I feel a bit sorry for James Garner, to be honest. He's mm. being hung out to dry at the moment. Like I keep saying, he's not a right winger, so he's not going to perform well in that role. Mm. Obviously, he's going to show for the ball when he can. And like you say, like the heat map shown, he was up and down the pitch. Mm. He didn't stop. But he's just he doesn't play that position. It's not his role. And like you say, in midfield, he could be that player we mentioned before, having a player who can sort of grab the game by the scruff of its neck and try and make something happen. Just turn on a man, try and go past him or play mm. a forward pass down yeah. the line to your winger. He can do that, but it's not going to work every time because, mm. you know, he's not a perfect footballer. He will misplace passes and such, but he does have the mentality of a player who will try and make that happen. Oh, Nana can be that player sometimes. You know, last week he had an all right game and he made a few chances, mm. but he's not that player enough. He's still learning and he seems to shy away at times when it's tough in there. James Garner having him in there and making their moves as well maybe gives Onana the confidence to be that player we know he can be as well. Mm. Having someone in there who can help him who's a bit more, you know, down to earth with his football, doesn't have the same physical attributes that can give him a 10 out of 10 game that Onana has on those rare occasions he does switch it on mm. but he has the mentality he has the hard work and together along with Gway in there they can be an effective trio in the midfield yeah but it's about getting him in there and getting him off that wing yeah absolutely I'd, I'd move personally and I'm not Evans manager so it's irrelevant but I'd, I'd almost want a flatter three in midfield and Garner's one of them and have a winger he was going to get up and Garner can play on the right to, to try and help Nathan Patterson if he needs be. At, right now, and this sounds mad because we aren't scoring goals, but it'd be Abdelaide Corey, who I would be looking at as like maybe coming off the team and being sub. But it, for me, it'd be a flip between him or Onana if we're playing a back three. It, sorry, if we're playing a flat three in midfield just right now because I don't think either. Is it, it, neither of them right now are going, I deserve to play in this team. The core I can't live off last season. Last week against Fulham, he broke through brilliantly and all he had to do was knock it square for James Garner to tap it in and we'll win him one nil after three or four minutes. Clever play. Chooses to go himself. You make that choice, you've got to score. If you decide to go greedy rather than you roll it square for a tapping, you have to score. And he didn't. Other than that, he's done nothing. He was for the rest of the game last week he didn't have a great game. And yesterday Philip Park he done nothing. Not not that he didn't try, he was trying, he's just not it's not flowing right now. And that midfield three, I think the manager has got to get right. It might be for three weeks that James Garner's in there and the Corey's out or Onana's out or whatever. And then in three weeks we we're ready to change to something else. And then he comes in and Garner comes out or whoever. But you've got to find that harmonious three in the middle that are going to give us the right structure because right now it's it's not there we've seen evidence on the, the the stills we've put where there's big gaps they're in a line we saw it last week against Fulham they're in a line and there's just big pockets of space in behind it can't happen where one ball kills your midfield it can't and that's what the manager and the coaching staff have got to come up with and like I said Playing James Garner on the right-hand side and expecting him to be almost like a winger in a team that has no goals doesn't work for me. Well, Decore in himself is a bigger goal threat than our other midfielders generally. Mm -hmm. You know, statistically, he has scored more yeah, yeah, absolutely. than the others. But at the moment, he's not scoring. So mm -hmm. then you've got to look at what you're getting from Decore when he's not scoring at mm -hmm. the moment. It's very little. Because yesterday he wasn't even getting on the ball and he was too far up the pitch. He wasn't dropping down. And it, it was like playing with 10 men. 
And that's mm. not all necessarily to Corey's fault. It's just the role he was in wasn't working in that game, and well, that should have been changed. Well, if we were play, it was almost like we were playing four four two, right? So if we're playing four four two, then a just go long then. You may as well go direct. Well, if you're going four four two, you may as well have two strikers then. Someone who actually knows how to, you know, or in, I'm gonna say knows how to put the ball in the net and then play Neil Mopai. But you know, at least he dropping in and you've still got a centre forward or. Is it Yusuf Timmy? Is it Tom Cannon? Whatever. Have a specialist striker. But the point of the core being in that role is, is that, that he's dropping to midfield. Well, but then he didn't do it. And he's either, not doing so. it. So that, there is definitely a conversation to be had about that midfield three. It's not working right now. Not that it can't, because at times last season it did. Not that it can't work. But I just think right now we need a little bit we of need something, something different. different just to to maybe get us into a mode of playing a little bit of a different way. Because we can't, we're going to have to be offensive against Wolves. Because we're sitting and sitting and what are we open for? But we need more stability on the ball, don't we? got to have someone who wants the ball in midfield. All three of them don't really want the ball, do they? If you think about it, no one's demanding the football, are they? Oh, Nana's not getting the ball every, two, you know, turning. Pushing people out the way, travelling, knocking it left, right, ping it. There's none of that going on. Iguay's never been that player. No, no, well, he's a presser, isn't he, yeah. really? He's good midfielder, but he's yeah, not that he's player. He's not that player. And, and then and the Corey's never been comfortable the with the ball a runner. The Corey is a runner. It balls in and he runs beyond the striker. That's what Adelaide the Corey is. He's battering Ram, isn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah, and he, he has got a goal in it. So it might be that for an hour you have the other three and the last half an hour he's on. For a couple of weeks and he's he comes on it changes it because all of a sudden you're a midfielder who's running past the striker but you have do you know what i mean and it's those kind of things but it just feels like and a lot of it will be dictated by injuries as well but it just feels like right now we're just doing the same thing and hoping it works when there's been no pattern for a while brighton was fantastic it was superb it was great everything worked that day and you come out you watch that game we're like oh my god this is what it must feel like to watch your team near the top but the, the fact I'm talking about Brighton that happened in May and it's the end of August, it's it still, you know, it tells you. And it's the fact that that's one of the only times in this year where I've looked and gone, oh, we look like an all right team here. Everything else is, yeah, we've got players, but we don't look like a team. Everton have got individual players that are good footballers, well, are all, you know, decent footballers, but one thing they aren't is a good team. No, we need to be more tactically diverse, don't we? I think that's the main thing, especially when it comes to that midfield. We need mm. to have different plans for different styles of players. Absolutely. Let's have a look at the match stats from the game. Um, there you go, Aston Villa 4, Everton. 13 attempts at goal for Villa, 9 for Everton. 7 on target for the Villains, just 2 for Everton. 5 big chances for Villa, none for Everton. And it ended with a 60-40 possession split. I think the XG was 3 for Villa and 0.4 or something for Everton or whatever. Better in every department. They were. The, there's no... I couldn't sit here and go, oh, you know, Villa were a bit lucky there. But they, they, were, they deserved to win. You know, Fulham last week was a little bit of daylight nobody um, with the win. But Villa were full, fully um, deserved their victory and, and put us to the sword when they got the chances. And that's what good teams do and you know we should have done that to Fulham we should have put Fulham to bed last week and we should have been sat there on the Monday talking about a home win like that Villa have just gone these are there for the taking and we're going to take the opportunities they took them brilliantly and we've ended with a 4-0 defeat so fair play to them they're a good side for us we have got some issues we've got issues we need we, we probably need three or four more players coming in Really, we you know we're talking about we need a hundred percent need a centre forward, hundred percent need a right winger. We need another centre back coming into the club, and I personally be looking at another centre midfield player to come in. See what's I'm on loan, like you know, see what's available. But we need that to come in just to freshen this whole thing up, and and with players who you can use and players who you can drop, lads who think they're undroppable in our team, so that everyone's got to be on it. Standards are slipping at the football club. They're getting weird. They're being eroded. If you just look at the team from two years ago to what it is now, it's being eroded. So we've got to correct that very quickly. And there's so much going on. 
there's so much in flux in the club, isn't there, with what's going on off it as well. There's just so much uncertainty, isn't there? And mm. this was meant to be the summer of right clean slate. Everything changes, but you know, we're all hoping, right? Hopefully, the owner goes new investments and we're going to get rid of half of this squad. All the hangers on who've been around for years and not contributed, they're going to go. And we're going to make six, seven, eight quality signings. A lot of young players coming in, we're really going to start again. It's just not happened, has it? We're almost in the mix, aren't we? We're in a, a position of in between, aren't we? We're almost half doing everything, mm. but don't half having a transfer strategy. And all, you know, <laughs> a few board members have left, and mm. uh, we're going to try and sign a couple of exciting players, but not too many of them. It, it fully commit at this point, change <laughs> everything, everything goes, start again. Mm. It all needs to change. Do you think the argument we will finish now, but do you think they're waiting for that big reset at the new stadium? Yeah, and that can be part of it, but. We need to realise that we need to be on good footing when we move into that stadium. Mm. The club needs to be already moving in an upwards trajectory when we go into there. Yeah. It can't start then, because if it does, we might be starting in the championship. Yeah, you've gone there. You've gone with chilling words at the end of this, but that, I suppose that's how we're all feeling today, aren't we? It was a horrible, horrible afternoon uh, in the Midlands forever, and a 4 0 defeat. And, like I say, there's there's eleven days to go at the time of recording this in the transfer window and Everton need to be busy. They need to be busy. It's we've essentially spent nothing so far, really, have we? We've got loan players in. Um we need to get the players out who don't want to be here and get some money for them. We need to bring our own players in and and there needs to be changes. The manager needs to not be cozy with any players. He needs to make some decisions now and stick to them. Proper decisions. Tough ones for him personally, maybe. But we have got to start showing the players in this squad that it is unacceptable to put in performances and to make mistakes. You've got to make that competitive for everybody in that squad. Lads who, who haven't had a go at in the team yet can't be looking at other players and thinking he can make whatever mistakes he wants when I never get a game. That cannot be a mantra for anybody. Everybody has to feel like they're up against it. Everybody has to feel like I have to perform every week. Those fans who travel the bleeding length and breadth and width and everything of the, the over to Switzerland in the summer and Austria, whatever, to watch them need to see the players giving everything and knowing that the football club is trying everything to become as, as competitive as it can be and not just fobbing us off with nonsense. So it has to start and Everton have to start acting properly like a Premier League football club that wants to develop and wants to stay in the league and wants to perform and wants to get better. Have someone driving the football club forward. And if there's no one in house to do it, get someone in. But the owner has got to he's gotta do it. Got to do it now. Drive this club forward. Get this MSP thing over the line if that's what it is. Let's move on. Right, we're going to continue on Premier in a short period of time. Won't be long. Uh, if you want to become a Premier member, the link is in the description. Otherwise, give the video a thumbs up, subscribe if you haven't, and let us know about Everton's midfield. What would you do with it? And should we move on from Wilfred Nonto if that deal isn't going to get done? And if yes, if so, who would you be targeting? See you later.